basically this seminar is going to be about song writing. So we're going to look at some, some uh, songs today, deconstruct them in terms of their format and the, the, the various components that, that make them up. Um, next week's seminar is going to be looking at lyric writing. Okay, so over the course of this week, from at the end of the seminar, you'll have an, uh, a mini assignment to do. And then next week, you bring that back, and we're going to look at lyrics. Um, we're gonna, it's actually going to be some, a lyric writing workshop, so that by the end of the period, you'll have something that you've written with text. Uh, and from there, the assignment for the, uh, the project, the unit assignment, will be writing a song. But we'll give you some instructions, parameters, uh, and, and the scope of that later on. Right now, I think it'd be great if Mr. Hathaway uh, led off with that story. Yeah, so I'll, I'll tell that story in a second, but you guys sort of probably figured out already with your last assignment when you were breaking down your own songs to find the key and all that stuff that you probably listen to songs differently now, more like critically. You're not just listening for the sake of listening. So this was sort of going to do the same thing even further, hopefully, or not hopefully. Sometimes it sort of ruins the experience. Uh, where it's hard to just listen, just to listen, but, um, so anyways, the story I was going to tell is, it's the true story. Um, everybody heard of the Rolling Stones? Yeah. Has everybody heard of the Verve? They were playing it this morning before the announcements, the Bittersweet Symphony, that's the Verve. So, that violin part, um, right here... So has everyone heard this before at some point? So what is that, two bars repeated? Just the same thing repeated over and over, right? So the Verve didn't write that. The Rolling Stones did. And the Verve took that sample and added it to their own song, which is done all the time. Usually not a problem, except the Verve didn't ask for permission to do this. They thought what they were taking was just two bars, so that's fine. Like, we're not taking the whole song, we're just taking two bars. So they went with it, they did the album, they were touring with it, everything. Started making tons of money off of this song. This is sort of the song that made them famous. Then, all of a sudden, Rolling Stones comes knocking on their door and they're like, that's our, that's our song, you stole our song. We want money. So they had to pay the Rolling Stones all the royalties that they were making and all the royalties from CD sales, performing it live. Basically, every penny that the Verve was probably making at that point would be going to the Rolling Stones because they, they copyrighted, they used copyrighted material for their own without getting permission. If they, if they wanted to get permission, they could have, but they would have still had to have paid the Rolling Stones, in which case they probably wouldn't have used it. They may have would have tweaked it a little bit enough, changed the key, changed the rhythm just slightly where it's slightly off. Um, but because they took a direct rip um, of those two bars, they had no case. So they had to turn it over to the Rolling Stones. Um, so again, when you're songwriting, it's a good thing to remember to not copyright other material. If you 
are aware of that other material. Um, I mean, at this point in, in your life, you've probably heard thousands and thousands of songs. So they're going to be in your head, in your subconscious when you are writing a song. But to purposely rip material or purposely copy material that's already been written will get you in a lot of trouble. And that's one reason why when we had uh, John Butash doing the mashups, was it this year or last year? Last year. Last year. I don't know if you were here for that. Raise your hand if you were here. If you did the mash, MIDI mashups. So he did a seminar on taking you know, two bar clips from different songs and mashing them into your own song. And um, I really had a strong opposition or reaction to that because uh, like, the copyright issues there are huge. And um, There is a point of which you can take to sample. But it's a fine line. I but think. it's a fine line. And even the same for like in television, like if you're producing your own television show and you're borrowing, you're taking someone's music, like it's so minute to the point of there's no point in using it, but there is a threshold of which what you can use. I just don't know what that threshold is. I don't think you can, you can't copyright chord progressions. You, pardon me? You cannot. No. But you can copyright a melody or um, also lyrics you can copyright. So that those things are protected. So if someone uses, you know, uh, song like a Beatles song or something like that and you directly take those chords they can't there's nothing they can do about that because otherwise we wouldn't have anything left to write you know left over to write which is a good transition into a video I would like to show we you'd think we rehearsed this so here we go so I'm gonna play a video it's uh, the video is called well the group is called axis of, of awesome um, but they're, they're sort of showing you there's four chords that a lot of bands and a lot of pop music use. Yeah, so they're going to basically go through, I think, like 40 different songs that all use the same four chords in the same chord progression. So just keep, as you're listening to it, you're going to laugh because it's funny, but keep trying to listen to those four chords because they're in the exact same order throughout this whole, I think, two or three minute clip.